0: Uh, just feeling in the Lord this evening that He desires Thanksgiving this evening towards Him. And uh, the Bible says, you know, he, he's in, 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 we invite Him through Thanksgiving. He inhabits the praises of His people. And I, I felt, i just sharing with some of the guys, just in leading this evening, I, I felt to start off with the attitude of Thanksgiving towards Him. And I know, in a sense, we, we're actually doing that by our praise and worship, but I, I feel God wants to color in the picture a bit more clearly this evening, and as we we come together, um, I'm, I'm just going to share just maybe 10 minutes. The emphasis is not going to be on the preach this evening. The emphasis, I feel, is going to be in thanksgiving towards the Lord, that every single one of us can make and proclaim to Him this evening. And so I felt, I, I just asked the guys to even prepare communion this evening, um, and so i I just want you to be patient because I'm I'm really trying to find the Lord in this. But I I really had this thing of just thanksgiving is going to invite His presence. Um, But it's not just a general praise and worship. It's going to be individuals giving thanks to Him. And I feel God's calling us to come and proclaim the goodness of what He's done and who He is in our lives. Actually to look back at 2023 to say, God, you have done this. You have done this. You have done this. If I can look around this room, there's some of you I can see what God has done in your families, in your lives, in your marriages, in your children, in your finances, I've seen the goodness of God. And this evening, that's what we want to do. We want to proclaim the goodness of God. And I want to challenge you this evening. You know, if God's stirring in your heart. doesn't matter how small it is. You know, I really believe it's those small things, the insignificant things, that sometimes God's just wanting to stretch you to come and make a proclamation of His goodness. And, uh, and I'm wanting that this evening. I'm wanting to create space that invites the presence of God. And so I know that's only going to happen through thanksgiving and praise to Him this evening. And so I'm going to ask 10 minutes of your time to just share something, to prepare our hearts for this, because we're going to have communion. And then after that, we're going to come and proclaim His goodness. So if you could have a seat uh, just for this little bit. and Stay in the attitude of worship. Thanks. Uh, So I just, I was just feeling in my heart you know, something of communion, in a sense, we always are giving thanks, but I feel there's a limited, almost, way in which we give thanks when we come before the Lord in the communion table, and I'm, I'm really feeling in the Lord to actually expand our understanding of, of the kingdom, and uh, as I was preparing my heart, because I really feel that thanksgiving is going to be key, thanksgiving in our hearts that we are so thankful for just who He is and, and what He's doing and uh, you see, I feel God wants to unlimit, almost like open the keys of the kingdom. And this is going to happen through us, just singing praise and glory to Him. And uh, I wonder I about you, but I want full access to the kingdom. Jesus said, All authority has been given me. And, and, and He said, He's given us keys to the kingdom. And there's secrets of the kingdom that God wants to reveal to us. And uh, I, you know, so I just did just preparing my heart. Almost felt like, um, with Jesus, almost felt like we've been given through Him. It's almost like first class tickets. But some of us are sitting in the economy class, you know, like where you're limited and you're just restricted. And I feel, but, but Jesus paid the way fully. You know, he's, paid the, he's done the completed work that we, and it should just invite us into his presence by doing that. Now, I want to say this. I, I, when I say I want us to have a heart and an attitude of giving thanks this evening in communion, I know myself, I can't make you give thanks. Okay? So I'm dependent really that the Holy Spirit is going to work this evening. I remember when I, I, when I was a kid, my, I used to go with my parents and we'd go and eat out with people. And they, they would say, well, when you go and have a meal, just remember, you've got to smile. doesn't matter what's on that plate. You smile, you, you eat it like you love it, you enjoy it, and just suck it up. You know, You can cry at home, but you're going to be polite, you're going to do all those things. And I'm not saying that this evening about the communion table. Because God has to put that desire in you. I'm not saying suck it up or fake it till you make it. I'm saying come to that place. Allow the Spirit to move in your hearts. Soften your heart and see the Lord. See what He has done. And, uh, and so I'm not going to get jacks to say, Everybody, be thankful. <laughs> okay? So uh, we'll eliminate that. So jacks no pressure. We're we trusting in the Holy Spirit Yeah. <laughs> And this, but the thing is, this is not man's intellect. This is not human wisdom. This is not even a formula. You know, it's, it's, it's really coming before the Lord with a humble heart. And it says we are to have, we are to be like little children. Because such is the kingdom. That's what Jesus said. To be like a little child. This evening I'm wanting us to be like a child before Him. To come and to allow Him to come to put peace in your heart. Some of you are coming. I feel there's a wrestling. To put peace in your heart. You know, it's, it's a peace not as the world gives. And I feel for some, it's God wanting to give you unspeakable joy. It's like you, you're in a hardship, in turmoil, and you just can't find that thing of joy. I feel God wants to put that joy in you. And I just feel that thing of, you know, that they came with the gladness of heart. This evening, I'm praying the Holy Spirit's going to put a gladness of heart in you as we sit around the communion table and enjoy Jesus. I want to make it Jesus-focused this evening. I'm, like I shared, I'm not going to share too long, but, I, but I, I'm often, I'm just thinking of that scripture in Psalm 100 verse 4. It says, we enter His gates with thanksgiving, um, sorry, His courts with, His, sorry, His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with thanksgiving, and His gates with praise we enter his courts with thanksgiving and his grace and his and his, <laughs> and his gates with praise the thing is this jesus already made open he's made the way open he's he's tore the veil in two that we can boldly enter into the throne room of god not in the outer courts not in the economy class he's called us in to where it's happening to where he is and if any of us limit ourselves to being in that place it's like why why would you, you know, better is one day in His courts than a thousand elsewhere, the Bible says. And I'm just feeling that in that, it's just like being in that place of thanksgiving that we can just enter. And yes, Jesus did pay the price. Yes, He did give us full access. But there's something, here in my heart now, there's something here that we don't just, you know, the Bible says that we boldly go into the throne room. But here's the thing, we don't arrogantly go into the throne room. There's something of the boldness of God that, that's in us, but you know what the difference is? This is that I know I'm no, I'm no, I'm no, I'm here because Jesus has made a way, and and it's almost like everything in me knows I don't deserve to be here, but it's because of what He's done that I deserve to be in here. And in that place of thanksgiving, in that place of it just sucks you into the presence of God. It's like knowing that I'm here purely on His merit, not on mine. And you know that's, that's totally. I don't believe one can be really thankful and arrogant at the same time. You can't. If you're know, if you thankful, you know you're thankful for a reason, because someone did something for you. But if there's a sense of arrogance that I'm here, well, maybe there's something of me that deserves to be here. You can't enter into the throne room like that. If there's something, and so I just felt, yeah, there's something of the communion table, and I'm going to share 1 Corinthians 11, 24 to 26. I just want to focus on this scripture. I did give Joel one scripture, and it's this one. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He's talking about the bread now. He broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which I have broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup, and after supper, saying, this is the cup of a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Well, as you often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Now, I just want to folks stop there quickly. Yeah, Jesus is talking about salvation. He's saying, When you eat of this bread and you drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord. There's something of remembrance of what Christ has done in the past, and there's something of looking back and just knowing, you know, I'm, I'm not a person that's against looking back at your past. You know, some people say, you, know, you should never look back. I, I don't know. I do look back because something of looking back just reminds me of who I was. You see, it takes me to a place where, you see, if I don't look back sometimes and forget the person I was, in the moment that I'm with God, I, I forget. The, it's almost like the grace doesn't have the significance in my life because I've kind of forgotten what I was. And because of that, I sometimes treat God's grace almost like with content. I, I don't really take a hold of it. I don't really realize. I'm, I'm not gripped by it. I'm not captivated by that, the mercies of God, because I kind of got a bit of me in there. And so we have to look back in the past. We have to look, but not from a condemning place, not that we condemned of the past, but that we see what Christ has saved us from. And that's why I, I believe partly the reason that Jesus has given us the cup and, and, and the, you know, the bread and the wine is that thing of remembrance Is important, you know. Remembrance can I say? Remembrance can only happen about the past. Am I right? You can't remember the present or the future. It's something you have to look back and say, "Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember what God saved me from. I remember how vile I was. I remember my sin. I remember what it did. I remember the stench that I even permeated because of the sin. It's real. Sin is not a figment of my imagination. I know it was real. I know the consequences of what it led me into. And so it's in that place that as I look back, I think, God, what have you saved me from? And it brings power and significance of the grace of the moment here and now. And I feel God wants to do that this evening. Because some of you have lost sight of your first love. Lost sight of the grace and the mercy. Let Him restore the joy of your salvation this evening. Remembrance is important, but I also felt that just for um, that thing of looking at the past, God wants to take away the shame of, of what you had done. You know, this is the thing. This is why we celebrate the communion table. It is looking back, but like I said, it's not that thing of condemnation. It's that thing of, oh, God, you saved me from something vile. You actually saved me from myself. I was the one heading for destruction. Monet, can I ask you, I know you, you, you had a word, just some, no, I don't want you to do a teaching, I just want you to do that word, what you felt the Holy Spirit say to you, He shared, Monet had a word for, that he felt in his heart, just say, God wants to take, I'm not going to take his thing, so you come and share, but just share what you felt the Holy Spirit say to you, um, and uh, yeah, so you don't have to elaborate too much, just, I, I, I'm, the te- I'm teaching you, so <laughs> you don't have to, but come Monet. because I feel that is God, I feel that is God, what you had in your heart.
1: Sure. Uh, yeah, I think, let me just start off with th- uh, giving God all the glory for His goodness. Because in the last uh, two weeks, Margaret and I have been, you yeah, know, we've been fasting and just trusting the Lord for 2024 and um, and what He wants to do. And yeah, we actually um, spoke, I think this morning, yesterday, and I said to Margie, can we look back in the, in the past? And now, just this confirmation that Benny is sharing, because, and, and looking, can we go back and look at regrets? And should we really go back to that? And I think it's confirmation of what Benny has just shared now. And it's a bit uh, off the topic, what I've, notes I've made here. But really, it's just looking back and, and the th- mistakes that we've made in our lives. And, and just, Wow look what God has, has done for us and what he's actually busy preparing for us so while I was just spending time this morning and I was actually spending a little bit of quiet time and I was actually a bit of doing some CrossFit training and worshiping and stuff and this word shame just came up and in, 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 in while listening to this uh, song you know about shame and, and uh, this was just like you know what is, what is shame and uh, you know and I really just I looked it up, you know, and I just looked up in, in the Word, where, where does God talk about shame? And I think we all would remember the first time shame took place is when Adam and Eve sinned. And uh, God had to cover them with tunics or leaves of what he had to cover them, and they were naked. Um, and, and that shame um, really means, you know, it's a sort of a guilt that's put on you for something that you might be embarrassed about. Uh, at, that you've done, and I, and I feel um, there are some of us, and, and, and I include myself in this, we, we feel shame of, of things that we've perhaps done wrong in our lives, and we, uh, we don't want to actually uh, go back into it, and we haven't dealt with that. And, you know, I had to, this last couple of weeks, and even before, you know, this couple of months, in this last year in 2023, God has been really dealing with stuff in my life, uh, things that I've kept hidden for two, three years in my life, uh, where there was was shame, and where I had to really, um, you know, confront that and, and confess and, and bring it to the Lord. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I just want to encourage you this this morning, all of us, um, just just come before the Lord and ask Him. You know, if, the, if there's something in your heart or something in your life that you perhaps ashamed of, but you don't want to. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to bring it before God. And I really believe God is saying to you, the time is now. The time is now, now to deal with that. It might be something small. It might be something that you've forgotten in your life. Some small little thing. And the enemy wants to, to use that against you. I mean, these things that I've been, that I had to confess and get deliverance from. And the Lord was, uh, not the, the enemy was always trying to attack me in my, in my dreams or in my thoughts, in my mind. And I. And I just, yeah, just to put it before the Lord. If we, if we just some scriptures that I've made a note of. Romans 10 verse 11. If we believe in Jesus, we will not be put to, to shame. Um, uh, 1 John 1 verse 9. He has paid the price for all our sins, which makes us feel ashamed and guilty. So if we confess our sins, and He is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us, so that we can walk in victory and in freedom. And we all know the scripture. Romans 8 verse 1. No, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You do not walk according to their flesh, but their spirit. So we always say, um, I'm a work in progress. Uh, We're a work in progress. So thank you, Lord, for that.
0: Good. Well done. And that's the thing shame, shame and condemnation is not of God. And you know, this is the thing. You know, there's a scripture you didn't, you didn't mention <laughs> Romans 5, verse 8. Did you share that one? But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the key. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait till you got cleaned up. He didn't wait till you sorted your life out. This is the thing. Repentance, and you, like we shared this evening, I feel God wants to come through humility, a humble heart. But you know, to be humble isn't just, oh, you know, God, we love you, and who am I, you know, this worm. No, a humble heart is, God, I confess the very thing of what's holding me back. And to confess, you know, to bring it in the light takes something of humility because you've got to confess to someone. The Bible says confess your sins one to another. And so even at the communion table, I want, I want you guys to be bold. Confess, confess, confess before the Lord, confess before each other that God can deal with that thing, whether it's pride, whether it's whatever, confess. Come with a humble heart because that invites the presence of God, It's confession. And like I said, it's, you know, the moment we battle with condemnation and shame, I believe because we haven't actually understood the love of Christ. We haven't actually understood what Christ has done. And to some degree, we think we've done something. Because think of it, if you've got shame and, and, and kind of things in your heart that you just sometimes up and down, up and down, does God forgive me, he loves me, loves me not, loves me, loves me not. You know, if you've got that in your heart all the time, I want to say you're dealing with something is because you don't understand God's love. If we read that scripture again, Romans 5, it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Not after you were a sinner. While you were sinning, Christ died for you. So really, it's just coming before Him. It's God, forgive me. I know I'm a sinner. I know, I repent of that. And so there's nothing in yourself. There's, you know Sometimes we think God judges me on my appearance or He merits me on some ability, and that's not the case. God merits His righteousness on you because His Son has imputed that righteousness into you. It's not on the outside. It's nothing you've done. It's on who He is. So I love the scripture, and Jesus says, this is the covenant. This is the covenant that we're going to have this evening. And uh, He talks about this cup is a new covenant in my blood. He says, the cup of a new covenant in my blood. So it's not only the past of what we're looking back and what God saved us. But he's talking about a covenant. You know what a covenant is? It's, a, it's where we get the word testament. You know, if you think of the Bible, it's divided in what? The old covenant, the new covenant. The old testament, the new tes- testament. The old testament, God made through Abraham. The new testament, the new covenant, God made through Jesus. Okay, we've got we to grasp something of this. I, I just feel it's important because with a testament, with a covenant, you and I become the testimony of Jesus. It's what Jesus is doing in us now, presently, that you and I become the testimony of Jesus. The Bible says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. In other words, the life that I'm living now, the light that's God shining through me as I become the salt to the earth, I'm living in that covenant. I'm a demonstration. Like Paul says, I'm a living letter read by all. People see you, they see Jesus. That's what ultimately it should be. I know we don't always have... All of that all the time. But there is something of living in the newness that God has given us, church. And so it's not only the past, it's the present that Jesus is talking in the remembrance of him. Yes, but he said, but this new covenant. And then he says, you do this and you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And so Jesus is saying, it's not only the past that I'm dealing with right now. It's not only the present, but it's the future. He says, until I come back. So there's an anticipation that he's coming back. Are you ready for him? Are you ready? Jesus is coming back. Is your heart, is your mind, everything set for the fact that he is coming back? And he's coming back not as a lamb, it's gentle. He's coming back as a roaring lion. And he's going to bring righteousness on the earth. He's going to bring justice here. And he's going to judge every single one of us accordingly. So are you under the blood of Jesus? Has he washed you of that? Because Jesus is coming back. And he says, do this because I am coming back. So this is, communion isn't, oh, you know, we feel sorry for what Christ. No, no, we're looking back, we're thanking God, we're looking at the present, our lives is a testimony to him, and yet we anticipate the future that's to come. This is not a deadened meal that we're having together that's got no significance. It impacts every moment of our lives. It goes back to our past, our present, our future. God takes all of that and he fuses everything with moment, with purpose. And uh, yeah, so I'm nearly there. But I, I, I'm just wanting to prepare our hearts for this because it's, it's important. It's almost like I'm excited. I'm excited. What, are you excited? Is some of you God stirring in your heart something to proclaim of His goodness? What has He done in your life? Not only yesterday, today. What are you anticipating for 2024? What are you ready for? Because there's a stirring of faith that God wants to do in us. Jesus said this in John 10 verses 10, it says, I have come that you may have life, but not only life, but that you have it in abundance. So Jesus doesn't call us to just survive. You know, when I was growing up as a Christian at school, I, I battled because most of the friends I have, I felt like we Christians that were in survival mode. I mean, I was a guy that loved rugby, I loved doing things, I loved sports, I loved playing, but they were just surviving and I thought, but I can't, can't witness with that because that's not the Jesus, I know, and I, I just realized we, we've got to be a people that we know we don't have Jesus as a crutch, he's not a crutch. In fact, I know without Jesus, I can't even limp into heaven, he's a stretcher. If anything, I, I can't get there without him. But, but to some degree, I feel sometimes Christians kind of lean on the fact he's, he's my help me so I can cope with life. Yes, he is, but he's not only that, he's called us to be witnesses. Let me tell you, be a witness, you've got to be bold. To go and speak to the, to the world who's harsh, who's cruel, who's, yeah. You've got to be bold, but you've got to have Christ in you to do it. To have that life, to have that boldness. And that boldness comes through the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come in our own strength. That's what Jesus said to the disciples. You know, wait for me, because when in Jerusalem, when I send my Holy Spirit, you will have that boldness. So, We're living for the anticipation of Jesus. And this is the new covenant that we have with Him. I love Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, listen to this, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So if we are partakers of the new covenant, what is that? How do I know I'm living in this new covenant? Well, that's what he just says. The life that I now live. So I'm, I'm dead to the past. I'm Everything of the old has died with Christ, but now I'm raised again through the Holy Spirit. But he says, now the life that I live in this fleshly body, because I've still got flesh in me. I've still got the pools of life, the, the desires, the lusts of the world, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all those things pull on all of us. But now the life of Christ is in me. And then he says, but the life that I now live, I live by faith. So how do I know I'm in the covenant? Well, because I'm living now by faith and it's not by sight. It's not by what I see anymore. It's what I feel God is moving in my life and how he's moving. And as I'm listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, that's what it is. That's the life of the new covenant. In fact, that's what God says. Everything everyone is of the new covenant is are, are sons of Abraham. You know, they were the, of the old covenant. But now we are sons of the new covenant. <clears throat> And so just as we prepare our hearts for this, as we prepare our hearts for the communion table, I felt this too, is that thing of the oldest past. Let me read it quickly. 2 Corinthians five seventeen It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And I felt this, That I, I was talking to the elders. We had an elders meeting recently. And I feel the next season, I want us to do a season of just sharing what the old, you know, out with the old, in with the new. What was the old life of doing this? What was the old life of loving? And what's the new life of loving? What's the old life of relationship versus what's the new life of relationships? And I felt us to do a series of out with the old, in with the new. What is that? Because sometimes I think we're still carrying parts of the old and we're living with the old operating system. And God's given us a new operating system and it's called the Holy Spirit. You know, I often remember when I was at work, when I was still working. <laughs> no, I lie. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I'm on full-time. Let me tell you, I think I'm working harder now sometimes because I'm out of my depths with some things. But when I was still working at Petra, so you, would, you would be on the computer and they would, they would have these new operating systems on CAD and stuff like that. Jacques, you know CAD. And they would have these new programs. And you know what was horrible? The old topies hated it because they just couldn't cope with the adaption of all these new programs. And then they come, and I would like, wow, this is like, I can do so much more with one button, you know, where they would go, and, but they would still have the old mindset. They would still use all the other old buttons that they used to use to do the other thing. But I'd say, but, but you can do it in one step. And they'd look at me and say, but well, this is so much harder. I'm like, what? You just got to learn it. It's just learning the new system. That's the thing with us. We, we sometimes in the old mindset, and God says, but I've got a new operating system. It's the Holy Spirit, and He wants to work in us. And it's, you can't go back to the old. That's why Jesus said you can't put new wine in old wineskin. You see, we, we've got to be flexible church. We've got to be accommodating of the Spirit. And so to do that, we need to be a people of the Spirit. We need to be a people that live by faith. And so I want to encourage you this evening, because I really feel God's going to break open through Thanksgiving. And so I've got to ask the worship team to come back. Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me let me rephrase that, Lal Let's let's should I should let's break up in groups first. But I'm going to ask this. Let's make it quite orderly. So let's not let's not go on a speaking spree or talking spree, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> nah, no, <I'm not. laughs> no, sorry. I don't want to offend anybody. But let's, let's keep focused because we got us. Even the joke was maybe out of line. Let's keep focused because I really feel God's doing something in our hearts, and but there's something of preparation. But can I ask maybe two families to come together? If you're a single person, don't worry. Let's get five or six single people together, um, or even a little bit more I'm flexible, but just to, to kind of organize this. So let's not be too destructive in doing this, but let's come together, and then we're going to bring the bread and the, the wine, to, well, grape juice to you, and uh, we're going to break bread together. But in doing that, I want you to be come to the Lord and pray. I want you to just meditate. Don't just come and eat and meditate. Think of what God has done in your life. Think about the past. What has Jesus saved you from? And then the present, what is God doing in my life? And what do you anticipate in faith for this year? As we look at the old 2023 is finished, 2024 is here. What is God going to do? What has He called me to? What is my purposes? What's my plan? And then after we've done that, I'm going to ask that the worship team, are to, the music team are going to come, and we're going to worship, but in that, we're going to give thanks. And I want individuals to come forth and give thanks. And don't worry if you're a visitor. Relax. We're not putting any pressure on you. But even if you've got something in the Lord to give thanks, you're more than welcome. But today is about giving thanks to the Lord. Amen. Can we do that? Well. Cool.